Hi everyone, welcome to Football Adanya, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham, joined by Mike Bell. Both of us, of course, here to talk about Dutch football. The latest that's happening with Ajax. Let's have a moan about Ajax. The Dutch national team, the provisional squad that's coming up for the games in November. And just a bit of general chit-chat about the Eredivisie. We're long overdue ever since the Eredivisie season preview. We've not really delved into the league that much. So that's what this is all about this evening. Um, or whatever time of day you're watching. Um, if you enjoy the Football Danny podcast, maybe you've missed a general podcast, do give us a like so we know that you enjoy them and you want more of them. And subscribe to Football Danny on YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe it's on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. There's loads of places you can listen. Of course, you can watch us and see us on YouTube. But yeah, wherever you are, um, I hope you enjoy this podcast and you get to enjoy get some insight into your Dutch football lives. Um, there has been so much made about Ajax, hasn't it, Mike? Like over the past three or three or so months, and um, I did put something out on Twitter, and it was interesting. The interest that it got outside again of the Netherlands, people outside of the Netherlands really care about Ajax and really want to know about them. Um, and unlike most Dutch people inside the Netherlands, they love laughing at Ajax if they don't support them. But outside, there's a lot of um, compassion, I guess. There's a lot of people that care about where they've gotten to. Um, how do you sit watching the destruction of Ajax? I think it's just it's interesting. I think it's it's one of these things that you don't see very often. Mm. Um, you see an Ajax, you know, rooted to the bottom after eight games now. I think that, that it comes with a caveat that it's not as bad as it looks, mm. but it's still bad when you expect Ajax to be, you know, challenging for the title and they're they're probably not going to do that this season. Um, mm. You know. It, <laughs> I've seen some comments about them getting relegated and, and things like that, which is, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, and, you know, we'll probably talk about some reasons why it's not going to happen um, in a bit. But, yeah, it's just been as interesting as been watching the dominance of, you know, PSV. It's also been interesting just to see the total demise of Ajax and the whole Mislintat, Stein, you know, all the signings they brought in just been an absolute shambles. Um, you know, to where it is now, where you've got Van Schip coming in to the end of the season. They've got another person like Maduro coming in for a caretaker, and then he's just getting pushed back. And then you had Michael Reisiger coming out and saying that he should have got the job over Heitinger. You know, it's, it seems like from every angle, there's just these people giving their opinions. You know, Raphael mm-hmm. van der Bart, Wesley Snyder, everyone just wants to have an opinion on just yeah. how bad it is at the moment. And you've got people like Louis Van Hal coming back. You've got um, Danny Blind coming back. It's, there's so much that's going on at the club and it just seems to need some calm. And there's just nothing at the moment that's bringing that calm. And the problem is they don't have anyone in the dressing room that's a leader. Um, mm. I think if you look at Steven Bergvine and what happened after the game against PSV, it just shows that he's... He's not fit not he's not fit to wear that, that captain's armband, I don't think. Um and it just proves that they just don't have very many choices other than him. Um who who do you turn to? Do you turn to Stephen Berghaus, who is probably the one that, you know, Stein pinpointed as one that he was trying to get rid of? Do you turn to yeah. somebody that's new? Like Sitao, mm. who's been an absolute joke of a defender since they brought him in. Mm. I mean, if you're gonna to turn to the best player, you're turning to a seventeen year old and Jarrell Hato. Um so yeah, it's just there's so much going on and so much to discuss. This is a team that were the 2019 Champions League semi-finalists. Should have been in that final. And Eric Ten Hag actually had some 
very good success for that club. Domestic dominance. Ten Hag left around fifth, no, fifteen, eighteen months ago. Now the end of that season, wasn't it? And two thousand twenty-two. From there, I mean, it already starts to collapse a little bit. I feel like you know, our Mark Overmars left. That for me was that first rung off a ladder, rung down a ladder. But actually, that's not the reason why I was bottom of the table. But it was that first step. And whilst Overmars stepped back and realised his mistakes he made at the club, um, Van der Sar having some issues in the club and then having poor health, that was another step. Uh, I don't think Klaasian Huntelaar has been... Uh, what's, he, what's he done? I, I, he's not been visible uh, at all to media. So this is all the background team that are working above the manager. Um, Huntelaar apparently has been burnt out now, so he's not even really working with the club at the moment. Um, not what's going on there. Manager-wise, it doesn't. It makes Alfred Schroeder and Johnny Heitinger doesn't look so bad now, does it? <laughs> but they did have another terrible summer of transfers, and I think there are a good clutch of managers that will probably be in the same situation as Maurice Stein was, probably giving up by the end of his time. He spoke about how he was going to be twenty-four-seven IX manager. He was away in holiday, I think, wasn't he? He was in Spain or something Very when there was an international break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's... He was saying, like, you know, it's normal for people to do that. But I think given the situation Ajax are in and that the club that Ajax are, that surprised me that he would do that. Yeah, I think whilst I wasn't... I was up for Stein to begin with and um, he had a lot of things against him. I was up for giving lots of time. I think, yeah, come the end. Okay, you got me. I think Stein had to go. But John Van Sip coming in, poor fella's just lost his wife. I, I, I don't know how that can... We don't know him. We don't know how his mind's working on it all. But has he had enough time to process something like that, to come into this situation? There are players that don't want to be there. Several players did leave. So there's no real consistency in the squad. As I said, there's no leaders. Berkvine, not suitable for that captain's armband. But there's nobody else. And there are there is talent there. That was signed by Miss Lintat, but there's like individual players, not not as if there was any thought given to this working as a team. <laughs> what a shambles! Yeah, and you know, Kip, he's obviously coming as you say he's lost his wife, and you know some of the quotes today kind of make me want to root for him because he's saying that you know it was his wife's wish. He talked about it before she died, how she was wanting him to. To take on a role at Ajax, and mm. she he, she was pushing him forward to, you know, to return to the club, and you're saying like, oh, you know, without her, he might not have taken on any job at Ajax because I think he was in running for a technical position before mm. becoming head coach. So when you read comments of like that, you're like, he's Ajax for and through. He played for them for years, you know, over 200 appearances. He was. He's already been the interim coach. manager, hasn't he? Yeah, you've coached interim manager, assistant coach. Young Ajax head coach. I mean, it would be it would be a really nice story if he got him back to you know challenging towards the top, turned everything around. You know, everything's rosy by end of the season. He prolongs his contract. You know, everything's looking good again because of he was brought in and, and the story that he has. But man, he's walking into an absolute you know mess um, for lack of a, a nicer word, but. Um, yeah, I, looking at the signings that have come in, you know, the right back guy, he's been disastrous. He actually played all right against um, 
Brighton, I think he had an okay game, but he's been a shambles. And you got Divine Wrench, who's an absolute shambles as well when he plays Fireaxe. You've got Satao, who's been, who came in for big money, and everyone's saying how good the signing he was at the start. He's been nothing short of absolute disgraceful, to be honest. He's an absolute shockingly bad centre back so far. You've got um, up front, you've got Forbes. Everyone got excited about him, but he reminds me a bit of Conce Sal. Everyone got excited about him. Yeah. And then nothing happened. You know, you can have a bit of pace and you can maybe dribble past a couple of players, but if there's no end product, then he's not going to go anywhere. Then you look at him midfield, you know, Tahirovic, Taylor, oh, horrible. It's just. And Tahirovic had the guts to go out into the media and talk about the players and the state of the club. And then even got Branko van den Boomen coming out and saying that, yeah, we need to go out and strengthen in January because we're not good enough. And it's these players, mm. the, the atmosphere behind the scenes must be absolutely toxic. You must have so much division. Players must be looking at each other like, you're terrible. You got brought in by Mislintat. Why are you here? It must, just, it must just be a divided camp. And there must be two or three people that are looking to leave. I wouldn't be surprised if Berghaus goes in January. You know, I think Stephen Bergwijn will go. I think if Saudi Arabia come in from you, will yeah. leave. And his comments at the weekend sort of feel that because you know, he's taking pops in the media saying it's your fault. And then when he, someone said, oh, our captain doesn't abandon their team halfway through the season, he's just like, oh, you're trying to vote me and stuff like that. And it's like, well, no, you answer the question, say, are you going to stay here and fight mm-hmm. for the club or are you going to take the money and go in January? He didn't answer it. So, yeah, it's <laughs> the good thing for Ajax that they can look forward to is the fact that the run now becomes very easy for the next few weeks. It does. Apart from Europe League, yeah. take that out of the equation, their mm. run in the league gets very, very easy, starting with Volendam on Thursday. They should be winning their next five, six games. And then you've got, obviously, RKC. They've got to just see out the last minute of that one, and that's yeah. a win. And yeah. then you look at them crawling back up. Because right now they're on five points. But if you get fifth placed, go ahead, Eagles. They're only on 15 points. And mm. I have two games in hand. So if you start picking up all these wins that they're expected to bring in, they'll quickly get to that fifth spot, I think. I expect that too. I expect they'll be at least in the top half by Christmas, probably in fifth spot. But I I could be saying that really quickly here, having not seen and predicted how John Vallet Skip's going to come in and have that impact. I expect that he will. With the talent Ajax have, they should be climbing that league. And that doesn't mean, oh, I expect them to catch up with a top four or finish top of the league. There are a number of poorer sides in this league than Ajax with the talent they have. If you, you know, if you switched half of these teams around, like I think you'd notice a quality difference with the players on the pitch. Um, it's just about getting them playing. And Joel Veltman was right when, after the Brighton win over Ajax, he said the only way they're going to get out of this is by winning games. I think Van Skip's going to get them doing that, just winning games. If they beat Volendam one nil, dodgy own goal, whatever, that's going to be the start of something, and it's better than they have been doing. They started the season with a four win over Heracles and it was an okay performance, wasn't it really? Like it wasn't glittering the best performance ever, but at home they are stronger. Ajax have played Twenta, um, Feyenoord, Utrecht, some some difficult teams, RZ. And I know that they've they've lost them pretty badly, some of these games, but I think playing some of the teams down the bottom half of the league, you you will soon see that Ajax will climb that league and Things will get better um, because they're at such a low point now, bottom of the Eredivisie. That's just, I know we said at the start of the season, our predictions, I thought 
up, you know, third place and you're like, I think I'll be fourth. And I was like, what? You think they'll be fourth? <laughs> and now <laughs> here we are, 18th. Yeah. And now we're thinking, oh, it'll probably just end up fifth because Maybe. yeah, you look at the table, there is actually now a gap between fourth and fifth. It's actually building. Oh, massive. And you know, that's an eight point gap now. We're only, you know, 10 games into it. And that's only going to get bigger as the weeks come on because, yeah, I think there is a quality gap between that top four yeah. and the rest. And Ajax just sitting at fifth position. As you said, they've had a mm-hmm. tough run of games, you know, PSV the weekend um, as well. And yeah, I think they're going to be fifth. And then you've just got a shell of teams that could finish between anywhere between 6th and 18th. It's that close at the moment. So yeah, I think the next few weeks will be telling where they'll start picking up wins. And then we'll see the confidence slightly building. Um, but they are playing weaker teams. and. We'll see what the confidence is feeling like when you actually play Brighton at home or, or yeah. AK Athens or, yeah, we'll see what they're doing in Europe. Um, but I think Eredivisie is going to be kinder to them in the next few weeks and they should pick up wins, whether they're big blowout wins or just 1-0 wins. It doesn't really matter at this stage. You just mm-hmm. need to get those three points on the board. And then in terms of Europe, it's probably not a priority at the moment, but I actually don't want to be embarrassed I wonder whether they can get a win, uh, a win at home to Brighton, a win at a home to AAK Athens, Batsborn's more likely the latter, and then finish third in the group, Conference League. That's at least something to look forward to after Christmas. Or else it could be in another spiral of negativity if Ajax get knocked out of, say, that competition, um, getting knocked out of Europe, then they get knocked out of the cup, let's say, by Christmas as well. That negativity is not going to help. I think there will be some positivity, though. And January, like, I don't think that signing players is there. I, I, if if I were, I, I would not sign a player in January. I think that's just asking for more. May, maybe one player, someone who can come in, has been at the club before, can make an impact. Don't know who's going to come in and do that. I mean, <laughs> David Clarkson might come back, David Blit might come back, something like that. I don't know. I hope not. Someone that's been there before and is experienced will make that impact. I, I don't know who would want to, and uh, I, I, I just wouldn't. I, I think you need, you've got enough talent there We've not seen any of Tuba Atpom, for example, still warm to bench. He's top scorer in the championship last season. They didn't sign him to sit on the bench, which shows again, Miss and Tat's just poor handling of the situation, why you would sign him in the first place then. Um, and what's Jordan gone wrong with trying to implement well. to a team? Yeah, there's a yeah. Jordan breaker as well. He you know, scored four goals for his country in one game and then mm-hmm. comes back to Ajax and can't even get on the pitch. So, yeah, strange one. Yeah, so strange. And uh, if it doesn't go well, what is this to the players? You know, will there be, will they will leave at some point? But if you're thinking ahead, things will change and get better. Just not quite the extent everyone thought. In terms of European space spots at the end of the season, Ajax would be targeting fifth. It would give them Conference League qualification. Uh, there will be six European places in the Eredivisie for next season. First, second being direct Champions League qualification. Third being qualifying Champions League place. Uh, fourth likely to be Europa League. It depends who wins a cup as well, all of this. But fifth and fifth and then the playoff winner between sixth and ninth probably get conference league qualification. Um and Ajax have to target that they have to be in Europe. Ajax not being in Europe is an unforeseen, unimaginable, unthinkable. So that's probably gonna be their target, I think, for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I know you said about January not signing anyone, but I think if Bergwijn does go and mm. they do get some money in. I think that they'll look to sign someone that's going to bring back some excitement. And, you know, 
he might be unattainable, but I wouldn't see why, because he's in the championship, they wouldn't even try and go for a cheeky remove for, for Somerville. Because Somerville's the type of player that I know he has passed at Feyenoord. Feyenoord, yeah. But, you know, look at Noah Lang. You know, he's, he's played for Ajax, played for Feyenoord, mm-hmm. and now he's at PSV. So, um, yeah, I think Somerville would be one that Ajax fans could really get behind, bring excitement, add something to the left wing that they don't really have. Somerville and Forbes on the right, probably through the middle, would be quite exciting. And one player that I think if they're going to bring somebody back, you know, Tahirovic right now, isn't good enough at defensive midfield. If you want to bring somebody back, I think it could do a, an okay job for them for the rest of the season. And it isn't playing at his club. Jairo Edevald or Crystal Palace would be an easy pickup mm. for a few million. Come back from Crystal Palace, get his career back on track, and then shore up that defensive midfield role. And you can even drop into the centre-back position as well. So if we're going to head to January, that's two players I would maybe target. Um, mm. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what position they're in, in in January. We'll see if Stephen Bergwijn does actually go to raise them some funds because right now, if they're not going to be heading straight for Europe, the, the purse strings might be a bit tight um, behind yeah. the scenes. It's going to be so damaged for Ajax long-term. We just pick up once more the negativity. Perhaps we then move on to talk about some of the teams. Um, but yeah, I, no, I think... Yeah. Well, if, if you look at the talents, if you look at the second division, who's bottom mm. of you know, the the second division is young Ajax. Mm. So it's not as if there's all these amazing young talents that are coming through. There is, and some of them in the under-19s, there's some names we can m- mention, but they're currently bottom in the second division, which yeah. is young Ajax is usually fighting at the top. They've even won mm. the league recently, and then those talents get brought through. But yeah, it doesn't even look like there's many coming to to save the day at the moment i've been informed that there might be a few that are in the generation below that and their team has got a few of those in but they're just so young and it's gonna yeah. take time yeah i mean hillenstein has come through and um harter of course which people are well well aware of um those have been sort of fast-tracked haven't they into this position but and maybe voss as well there won't be too many after that that will be that'll be involved this how much of this stage yeah, I was just gonna say, like long term, you got the youth products that if they if they're gonna dry up a little bit, and Ajax haven't got that big player to sell on, really. Berkman might Harto, I guess, in, in a year or two, if if that's what ends up happening. I hope it doesn't. If he stays a little longer than that, Ajax are going to run out of money, but they won't have those Champions League riches anymore. They spent so much of it, wasted it last summer. They've been storing it up for so long. I mean, they probably still have some left. But it's not going to last that long. If they're not in the Champions League, they won't want to spend it. But long term, does this not see Ajax fall backwards immensely when you look at PSV, Feyenoords, even RZ to a certain extent? Yeah, I think if you look at PSV and you know, Feyenoord, one thing you can say about PSV is they're a much more well-run club behind the scenes, You know, bringing yeah. back Martel Bronze. Um has been a masterstroke. He's exactly what Ajax need and they don't have. Um, somebody running the strings, you know, Van Hauser, Danny Blind, but, you know, Brands has been there before, done it, brought in some smart signings, you know, Noah Lang, excellent signing. Um, when they lose players like Sangari, they know how to spend the money well. Um, and I think they did that. Feyenoord just, you know, they got the best manager in the league. Yeah. Brought in 
two free players that got the best striker in the league. Their scouting's very good. Um, they've got youth talents coming through left, right, and center. Same way AZ. The only problem with AZ is right now is that the best youth talents aren't getting a, a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about that more later on. Um, but yeah, I think that when you're looking at PSV and Feyenoord, the squads are just so much more deeper. Um, the coaches are better and they're better run off the field as well. So if they keep getting that Champions League money and they keep doing what they're doing right now and investing it in players, you know, Feyenoord could get a hundred million for Jimenez. You know, mm-hmm. he's worth it. If, if I actually get a hundred million for Anthony, you know, Feyenoord should be holding out for, for big bucks for Jimenez because he's probably, mm-hmm. probably the best striker they've had in a long time. Um, and I think that all the big clubs will be, will be battling for him next summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where he goes, but, yeah, I think that next two, three years, I think you're going to see PSV growing, Feyenoord growing. And then if Ajax don't have some sort of rebuild, they could get left behind. And there was years when, you know, Feyenoord were finishing 12th, 13th in that year. They yeah. got absolutely hammered by PSV. This might be the Ajax years to, to have a couple of dodgy years before they mm. build again. Maybe give some of the youth products a chance, like the Missahoys, the... Locos, the the bosses bring them through, sell them on for big money, the Hatos, and then rebuild that way, like Feyenoord did. But yeah, it could be if they don't turn us around, it could be two, three years in the wilderness. I think Feyenoord, mm. which would not be used to at all. Let's talk about some different teams. PSV, we have to talk about them. Ten wins out of ten. I, I I'm not aware when the last time that was done. There, there must be a record out there in the Eredivisie for the wins at the start of the season. I really enjoyed that game. 5-2 against Ajax. Lozano with a hat-trick. It's good to see him back in, in good form, back in the league. Um, I, I was just so end-to-end. and I didn't expect Ajax to be winning at half-time. PSV came roaring back. Ajax did fall apart defensively, but PSV also just have some, some excellent attackers. Then I have that feeling in my chest of, why haven't they done well in Europe, really? Why haven't they being able to, to to take strides in the Champions League. And it's it's gonna be where Peter Bosch sets them up in, in defence. They they don't look ready for that level when it comes to those games. But in the Eredivisie, they're really standing out. I know that the, the Eredivisie is not as strong as some of the teams you meet in the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. But still, they're just a different team when they have all the ball, can they attack loads and loads. Probably because you don't have to see Romalio do very much in defence when they've they're dominating games. Yeah, I think that the defence is the difference. I think that if they had a stronger defence, you'd see them doing a lot better in Champions League because in the Eredivisie, they can just steamroll teams. Yeah. And their attack will find a way to get through it, whether it's, you know, Lozano, Noah Lang, Bakayoko doing something special or just Luke De Jong doing what Luke De Jong does and heading in crosses when it's going, <laughs> going against them. But when they come up against a stronger team, it's actually going to attack. The defence gets found out. And, you know, Romano's, you know, I, I was looking at stats because I feel like later on we might talk about our teams this season so far. So I went on who scored and I was like, okay, who have they got as the team this season so far? And Romalo was in defence. And I'm like, he's <laughs> <laughs> a strong team. Even against Ajax, he was getting found out. Um, so yeah, and then obviously they brought in uh, catch up to, to shore up the defense, and he's out, he's just had surgery, so it's a setback. Problem for him and then 
you've got to on the whole yes yeah it's a shame because the way that they've been playing in their busy if they actually had some sort of defense they would it'd be be fine high and i think that that group such one that they'll look back on if you think about the group and be like that's a that group and it's you know mm-hmm. a bit what the other couple of come on to is doing in champions league much better but yeah, I think that PSV right now, I think that Europa League might be their level. Uh, yeah, just a bit prominently, just makes you wish that they could just mm. have found out the winning board. Yeah, I wish um, they took a leaf out of finals book with how, how to play those games, those huge high stakes games. When, when I've seen final audit in the Champions League, it makes me assured that my prediction for final to retain their league title, even though they're seven points behind PSV at the moment, going to stick with it. They just look, uh, you know, uh, uh, an absolute animal in, in the Champions League. When it comes down to it, I think final will win those games. Um, PSV are due to drop points. I'm sure of it soon. Um, I'll eat my words, so you know, I'll, I'll happily be proven wrong. Um but I just think Arna Slart has got got that right. He's got the balance right with how to, when to attack, when to defend. Um, he's got the players to do it as well. I do think they have the best defence in the league still, without doubt. And Jimenez is unreal. <laughs> like, when was the last time we had a striker that good in the OWZ? We had some people before bang the goals in. Um, but we've not had anyone who seems quite as all-round good as him. Am I forgetting anyone? I mean, Alaire was up there in recent years, but the only one I really like, liked, Jimenez. yeah, the only one I really liked was Graziano Pella, and I'll have a soft spot yeah. for Graziano Pella for before he did a final. But mm. yeah, since then, you know, you obviously had Van Persie come back and take out Dirk Coit as well, because obviously they're great strikers, but they're coming back towards mm. the end of their career. But someone building their name in their division, yeah, I don't think there's been many as mm. good as. As Jimenez, and I think that he's the one that could go on to to do real big things in other leagues. Like, you know, sometimes you come through it, say, Vitesse, like Openda. Openda looks like he's on his way to the top at RB Leipzig. And then, you know, as a Newcastle fan, I love Alexander Isaac. And then you forget that he played for Bill and Trey for a couple of years. And he came yeah. to the but I loved him. At the top of the RB, out and out goal I think there's not been many that are better than than him and his. Mm. Let's talk about RZ whilst we're at the top of the end of the league. They were absolutely thrashed by Villa the other day and they're still at that end of the league. But them and Twenta look like they're able to make this runaway top four. Are they going to be able to stick with it at the title title race? Um, or is maybe my gut feeling the same as yours that they will just fall into third and fourth and PSV in final will be that two at the top in a few months' time. Yeah, for me, I like 20, but I think that they'll, they'll come mm. up and they'll get a few defeats here and there. Mm. But AZ, it's so up and down for me with AZ because sometimes I'm like, oh, they're great. And I'm like, oh, Pascal Janssen's a really good coach. Mm. And then the loss against Villa and then what's going to be a loss against NAC, which will get finished yeah. at a later date because of what happened to Bas Dost. Um, but just looking at those two games, and I'm like, 
you just want to kind of shake Pascal Janssen and be like, do something different. <laughs> like, use some different players. Like, you have a squad. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the best young talents in the whole of the Netherlands at your disposal. Who do you think should be playing them? <sighs> it's, it's hard. I know it's hard because they have about 50 wingers and they brought in Sadiq <laughs> and they brought in um, Van Bommel. But, you know, to constantly bring on Jens Odgaard and you just see him doing absolutely mm. nothing on the pitch time and time again. And then you've got somebody that's playing for under 21 scoring week in, week out. Jaden Adai lights up the pitch anytime he plays it. He's got such dribbling skills. He's got goal scoring ability. I think he's better than Van Broderode is at the moment. I think he's better than yeah. Odgaard is. I think he's better than Lado. I think he's better than Van Bommel. I think he's better than all. And he's just mm. not getting a chance. He's sitting with young as Ed at the moment. I think he's got more potential than any of them. Um, but other than that, you know, Martin Zindi came on as a substitute. You know, he's coming back to fitness, but he played I a lot better. I want Thiago Dantas. Yeah. And there's just, he seems to pick the same starting 11 every single week in, week out. Hmm. Sticks to it and then brings in a couple of players here and there. Um, I don't think Sven Majens is having a great time at the moment. Um, no. He Danny looks so DeVitt. out of his depth against Villa. Yeah. Danny DeVitt as well. Um, it just seems like it's the same people over and over again that just are not top of their division level. They're mm. like, they're about fourth, fifth place level, mm. like Danny DeVitt. He's never going to go off to be a superstar. But these are the players that are holding back some of the best talents in the Netherlands because yeah. you're just going to pick them and pick them and pick them until they leave. And that's Pascal mm. Janssen. And I, I can see all the AZ fans getting frustrated and when he's going to link to Rangers, I saw everyone saying, oh, well, if you pick him, you might do all right results-wise, but none of your young talents will get given the game. <laughs> and he started it. He started giving Meerdink a chance last year. He started giving Broder Road, but then it's gone back to just established players again. And yeah, I think long-term, the club will suffer. I think that right now, Pavlidis um, is doing a great, job for them but when he leaves are they going to go and sign someone because who's going to replace him Odgaard no <laughs> and then you've not given Meerdink any chances this season so who have they got no one so mm. yeah I think he's just a frustrating coach he gets exactly it's frustrating but, isn't it yeah it's yeah. just he's not he's not that next level he's not on a slot he's not um a ten hag he's, it just seems to be one of his coaches that it's going to do okay at AZ he's going to get a move somewhere because someone will give him a chance and then I don't think you'll live up to it when you go somewhere else. Yeah. I think if you yeah. went to Rangers, you would have failed. Mm. Whilst we're on this 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 team, this topic, I was at the Villa game. It was it was great, um, great match uh, of of watching. I guess Villa absolutely thrash RZ. I'm also a Villa fan. Um, the, the I did then speak with Pascal Janssen. If you enjoy our, our content, I do recommend just go and watch that on our YouTube channel with the interview with Pascal Janssen. Um, he he always seems confident in himself, but never. He's he doesn't. I don't know why he has this bit bit of arrogance about him. Almost, I'd say. I don't know why. I mean, he's done well for himself. He's done well with RZ. They've had a good start to the season. This their first loss will be against NEC. Um, but he's not really kicked on, and he's not got the kicked on his team either. I think they've been able to beat some teams that are low down the league, and that's great. They've sometimes lost or drew those games last season, but we saw that against NEC that actually that did happen. <laughs> they couldn't handle the European commitment as well. As a will drop some results. 
they will finish probably third or fourth this season. Um, and that will be their, them again. They're not able to to go that step further. Arsenal fans might be happy with with that with that kind of level, but I think that's a waste opportunity. That's why we're a bit frustrated with it because Janssen could do more with this squad. Yeah, I think that you you want to see somebody challenging it, and like I think I've, everyone's got a soft spot. I've definitely got a soft spot for AZ for the teams that they've had in recent years, and you know the COVID year where they got so close and they got taken away from them, and they have the ability to challenge. I just don't think that Janssen's getting the best out of the players he's got. I don't think he's getting the best out of the academy, which you know, don't forget one UEFA Youth League last year and. Yeah. You know, when you win a tournament like that, you expect to see some of the players make a step up yeah. and then make an impact. But none of them are getting a chance. None of them even getting on the bench to make a chance. So, yeah, that's going to be frustrating for the club because these are the players that are going to get brought through and get sold for big money. There's no mm. one starting in that AZ starting lineup that's going to get any more Pavlidis exception. I don't think anyone else that you can name in that starting 11 would leave the club for more than 10 million. That's totally fair. They weren't going to make their money to buy the next player. It would just probably go into like a youth academy, which isn't there for being used that much. Baffling situation. Um, something it will give there. Janssen may leave at some point. And then who comes in, who can make the most of it? Um, we did ask some questions on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And I, I thought this would be a good, good chance to bring some of them, Mike. So, Someone asked here on, on Twitter, this was really old school, this is what we used to do. Questions on Twitter. Vlad, Vlad, Alice, Vlad, Vlad Alex, of, and then I'd butcher their Twitter handle. And then I'd ask the question, team of the season so far could be fun. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? It's early days, quarter of the season done. And there's got to be some obvious ones there, haven't there? Jimenez, uh, Bakayoko, I, I would say. Don't know if they'll go Noah Lang because he's been a little bit injured, but he has been good. I'm just plucking names out of thin air, whereas I know you've actually sat down and write, written this out, Mike, in preparation. Obviously, no one at Ajax really gets into they. And then uh, I said Pavlidis, go with two such strikers up front. They've been unreal, scoring the amount of goals they have. I wonder who you've gone for after that. Probably a few players from finals defence. Maybe someone out of PSV's midfield. Field. Now, you want to go for Veerman or Scouten, would you? Not this season so far. Oh, no, he's, he's good in the eyebrow. Maybe, maybe he's gone for Veerman. <laughs> PSV fans aren't happy with him, by the way, if you've gone with him. Yeah, but I like him, so he's a match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's your team. He didn't yeah, use you. Um, yeah, I think the goalkeeper picks himself. I think we all, Nikolai has been the best goalkeeper. In yeah, he has. Season, um, by far. Um, I thought right back was quite tough. Um, I've gone with Sugawara. Uh, just yeah, no, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, steady. Don't think there's been anyone that's been outstanding because I've got Trouda at centre back. Um, along with went for a proper of twenty. I think he's having yeah, a absolutely. Season. Um, Hartman's left back. I think we can all agree we all have Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, for he's in fine order Dan for Netherlands, and then midfield. Um, I've gone for Veerman. I've gone for the Renaissance man, which is Calvin Stengs. Um, Fair enough. And there as well. I think I like what he's doing. I like how he's playing. Um, I think you could pick any, you know, final fans might say they prefer to have 
my three friend there for how he's playing. Um, some people might say Quentin Timber because quite a lot of people are impressed with him recently. But um, I think Stings is the pick for me. And then defensive midfield for me was was tough. Um, but apart from the weekend, I think Jordy Class has had a good season so yeah, far. Yeah, yes. Um, so I popped him in there. And then front three was Jimenez is obvious. You're going to have him for the middle. And then for the right wing, I put Pavidis, but I easily could have put back Yoko in there. I think it's a switch between the two. And then I have put Noah Lang in the, on the left mm. as well. Mm. I think that, as I said before, outside of the top four, apart from Nikolai, there's not very much quality. Mm. And there's not really anyone that's really shown that much for any of the clubs that are there. So, yeah, I think that the team sort of picks itself from, from them. And that's sort of the best I could come up with at the moment. It might change by end of the season. There might be a few more in there. Um, but yeah, I think that was pretty much the best I can get it. I'm going to make up a new section of the show here where we're just going to blitz quickly for the Eredivisie, not to wet every single team. But you've mentioned there about the lack of quality. Um, perhaps it's time to bring out a few of the reasons why, like pick on some teams now and a quick chat about them and also some disappointments. The first disappointment for me has got to be Vitesse. Awful. Oh, I did not enjoy watching them this season. Um, I wouldn't say I wasted my time watching them, but not particularly enjoyed it. Um, Valendam, severe lack of quality, but they have got some admirable players. I mean, George Cox has come in, our hero. Exe Volvike, lack of quality. Mikko Kramer is the only player there that is any good for me. Um, Achille, actually, as well. Quite like Achille in the field. Almeida, I think they've had some valiant results where they've really tried to, the hardest to get to get a point or three points. But again, lack of quality. Virginia Sittard, frustrating. Alan Halilovic sums them up totally. Bit of magic, largely frustrating. The fact that Peck Swallow are top half of the table says it all because they've come up and done okay. Heracles as well. Uh, but they, I think they've just been set up well by some decent coaches. I think Excelsior dropped down the table. Um, and then, then you say, who's going to finish fifth and sixth for season? And I think it's those two teams that are there now, and it's Go Ahead Eagles and Sparta Rotterdam. I think Sparta do have some good players still, a lie. Laritzen, Kitalano, um, and then uh, Go Ahead Eagles. They just do so well at home. They win so many games there. Uh, I think they, I can't remember the last time they lost there, but it's been at least six months, might have been longer. So they've, had, they've had a really good run. Keep clean sheets there too. But I, I could talk more about disappointments, I feel like, for the rest of the league than than positives. You didn't even mention Utrecht, they're second bottom. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Apart from that win against Ajax, you know, that's been a disaster for them. And yeah, you mentioned I think like, they'll be all right though, Utrecht. Oh, they got Ron Yan, so like, I yeah, think they'll, they'll claim up, good. Yeah. yeah, they're not gonna finish bottom, but yeah, it's I think that the problem with the league at the whole is I don't know about you, but apart from Jimenez and Pavidis, and maybe you know you take out the top four because the top four have got some decent strikers, but apart from that, it seems like everyone's just struggling for goals. You know, Vitesse can't put mm. the ball in the back of the net. Jack mm. can't put the ball in the back of the net. Brian Brobby needs about 19 chances to put the ball in the back <laughs> of the net by acts. You know, Fortuna they brought in um Kaisi House, who's scored about yeah. five goals in his career. <laughs> um, Heracles brought in 
um, oh, he was a Vitesse last season, Sanko from Stuttgart. Yeah. You know, Vitesse brought in Fofana from PSV, then he'd done his leg in and now he's out for the rest of the season. Person so, is his name, Norwegian striker as well. Yeah. And then, you know, Heracles are doing okay. Um, Pexvall are doing okay. But Sparta have, you know, probably outside the top four, the best striker there in the world. Yeah. Um, it's a shame for them that Koki Saito got injured because I'll have watching him play, but he's yeah, same. Out for a few months. Um, go ahead, Eagles have you know Bobby Adekanya. I like watching him play. Um, I think he's mm. he's got a bit about him. Um, but yeah, just it's just some absolute trash in the league at the moment. I think. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not going to put any CNI making that category though. I think they're just underperforming. I still oh, yeah. think they'll come good. Well, I, I like put... their starting eleven. They're a game in hand, so if you give them their three points that they're going to get against AZ, then mm-hmm. they jump up to to top half. So if you're looking at somebody that could sneak into top six, and you see now Megan are, are the one. Because we all have Dirk Proper. He's in there. Um, I think that obviously Jasper Sellis is in goal. They've got a couple of good... Netherlands under-21 squad has four players in it from NSA because yeah. you've got um, Sonja Hansen there as well. Um, Yuri Bass, um, the goalkeeper who mm-hmm. came in for Sellers and Rose, so you got some good young talents in there. Mm. Um, Dirk Proper in midfield, you still got Lash Shona in there. Um, up front, you no know, Bass Dost. Let's hope he makes a, a full recovery, he can get back on the pitch as soon as possible. Um, Magnuson seems to be scoring his goals as yeah, well. Yeah, six them. goals already. Yeah, so I think that they have a lot of talent in there. They've been underperforming, but they're the ones that could jump up. And Herndane are ones for me that I thought would be doing a lot better. And there's even talk yeah. about them sacking the head Which coach. Is fair. Yeah, and Keith Van Bonderen won a couple of years ago that were saying might be the next head coach to maybe go to bigger things, but it's yeah. just not worked out. And I think they've got lucky they've got Sarui up front who seems to have a bit of magic about him. Yeah. Um and he seems to be kind them at the moment because other than that they they don't have much about them and yeah, they're ten for the moment, which it's lucky that the other teams in the league seem to just drop points <laughs> not allow them to be tenth because they're only a couple of wins away from being top six. So at the moment you just yeah, you look at anyone from fifth bow and you just go Yeah, two wins and they they could be switching positions. Ones that are fifth could be then sixteenth and then mm. it's just gonna be like that to the end of the season. I think anybody can beat anybody. And it's it's quite exciting for the league. It's unpredictable, but also means that there's a lack of quality in some of these teams as well. Fully agree. Fully agree. I hope we can see a little breakaway behind that top four. You know, we might end up seeing a little clutch of Ajax, Sparta, go ahead, maybe NEC a little bit later this season. That could be fun. But until that point, yeah. And we need to see some new new young young players just throw something out of nowhere. An 18-year-old pops up at a mid-table team and carries them a little bit. We've not seen that in a little while. We want to see a bit more of that too. Um, next then we had a few questions by the way on, on Twitter about Ajax and I feel like we've answered those so I'm not going to talk about that one but we've had questions about the Netherlands of course with the, the, the Euros uh, and the next generation coming up so we start with the Netherlands the traditional squad came out and um, in fact I will ask that question from Twitter in a moment what did you make of the traditional squad, Mike? Were there surprises there? What What are the, the headlines that we can tell everyone? 
think the headlines were about there was no headlines really. Yeah, um, not that too. I think the the fact that there's a lot of injuries means that you know there's a lot of players missing there that should have been in there. Like mm-hmm. Cody Gagpo made his return to playing, and then he's not in a professional squad. And you're just yeah, like, what's come going on? on? Like, come on, come in. Like you know you're going to pick him if he's he's back to fitness. So um, yeah, and then there's a few more that we're just waiting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks because I think that Frankie De Jong is going to miss the next games according to reports in Spain. I think he's out for another month. Yeah. Um, there's still some uncertainty around Noah Lang. You know, how fit is he? Um, he seems to be out for a couple of weeks. Is he going to be back in time? And then, yeah, there's there's a few more missing there. And then the only one that got added that you know, he went, oh, that's good, is, is Jerry Schutten for, you know, doing well for PSV. He's been added in there. Um, I think if you're looking at big absentees, you're looking at Ryan Gravenberg, who I think if you look at Liverpool fans, Liverpool fans are going absolutely mental about how good he is. Mm. Um, but there seems to be one rule for for him and then one rule for other players in, in everyone's squad. So it seems a bit of a strange one. And um, I don't know if you saw Michael Reisiger's comments at the weekend about why he's not an under-21 squad. But yeah, it seems a bit strange to me uh, that... The reason that Ryan Gravenberg isn't there is because there's games in October and games in November and they're too close together to add somebody that's new. But then I mean, he's brought back players like Isaac Babadi into the squad who missed the games in October. So it'd be in the same boat if you put Gravenberg in there. So, yeah. Um, it seems like it's a lesson, punished. maybe. They're trying to show that, well, yeah, but then, punishing him for not being around before. and But then they've not done that with even done that with Jeremy Frimpong. So, mm. you know, he missed one squad because of that and then got brought straight back in. And then, you know, Botman didn't miss any. He got straight into an everyone squad. Mm. So if that's the case and you've got somebody excelling for a top of the table Premier League side and then you're making an example out of him, you know, what's the reason for that? Why is he suddenly getting treated a bit differently? Um, especially mm. when he's in a position that if you take out Frankie de Jong, you need someone in there that's going to, you know, grab the game by the horns and you've got somebody like Ravenberg who maybe apart from Frank de Jong is one of the best dribblers that everyone's have along with, with Rinders. So it's a bit strange for him not to be in there. Um, but as I say, there's still two weeks to go until he actually names the actual full squad. So it can change. But I think it, the rest of the squad was just as you expect. Um, yeah. I, there's players that shouldn't be there. I mean... I wouldn't be picking Stephen Bergvine at the moment. I wouldn't be picking Brian Brobby. Even though I think he did okay on his debut, I'd be picking. But then, you know, what options does he have, really? you got yeah. Xerxes, maybe a Bologna, but he's, he's at Bologna. He's not, he's out, he's scoring hundreds of goals. But then you get Veghorst, Veg, who does a job for the Netherlands, but has scored once for Hoffenheim this season. It was a penalty. Yeah. So, it's up front, is the sole lack of options. He's kind of, it's hands of tide or who he picks, but yeah, I think the rest well, of the squad. Sorry. That that is also because there are still players out injured, unfortunately. But a question that was on Twitter from RJN Huskies was, "What is the Netherlands eleven for the Euros right now?" He said, "Everyone is available." So assume everyone's available. What formation are you going for? Who do you play at the top? What does that Netherlands eleven look like right now? <sighs> I wish I preferred this one. Uh, so, goal. <laughs> like a lot of it just pick itself. Yeah. If you go with five at the back, you need to make sure you match those players that go with it. 
yeah, I think right now you'd pick Dumfries to right, Hartman left. You'd have Van Dijk mm-hmm. in the middle, Aki left. The right hand side. Timber won't be back, will he? Timber probably, but everyone's available. So. Well, yeah, and that logic. Timber delict there. Mm. You've got Frankie, then you've got Rinders. With Rinders, yeah. And then, so if you're going 5 3 2, you've got Frankie, Rinders, Simmons. Then you've mm. got Memphis up front. Noah Lang left. Gakpo? And then Gakpo. So that's. Not too many. Yeah, it's too many. <laughs> uh, so he, oh, he didn't pick a goalkeeper, so he could go with that, but that yeah, would be a bit. <laughs> put Van Dyke in goals. Uh, so, <laughs> super keeper. Um, yeah, so you got up front, you got Memphis and Gakpo. Not as long as an impact sub up front. Exactly. Um, and then in goal? Bilo? Well, yeah. I think Bilo or Verbruggen. I think that what he did in his first couple of games for Netherlands, I think, showed quality. Um, good with the ball at his feet. I think he can he can hold down that jersey if he does well for Brighton. Mm. But as you said before in another podcast, Brighton seemed to have some sort of weird keeper rotation where Steele plays one game, Verbruggen plays another one, so it's hard to get Revelm in there. Um, but if yeah, if Verbruggen can can get that in Netherlands, then then why not? And I think that Bilo mm. has come back. I, I kind of need to see what, what he's going to do between now and the end of the season. Um, because yeah. I think Bellin is a bit unlucky to, to be dropped, yeah. to be honest, Same. because the way he was playing. And then Bio comes back and you can't see how that great a game against 20 at the weekend. So, yeah, I think the well, jury's out on what form he's bringing. Um, so I think the, the goalkeeping squad would be Bio, the broken. A lie at the moment for me, yeah. Um, and for I can just miss now, so yeah, okay. And we had a question to do with the young players coming through. Aiden Tita says, Can you guys please speak about the next generation coming up under 17s, under 19s, with how strong they are and how that can shape Adanya for the future? Classic question, love getting asked it, but we've been asked it for years. <laughs> Who are the latest players coming up? Yeah, so I think that it's been said a few times in the past about golden generations, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hype them up too much, but the current under-19 squad is probably the best squad of talents that I've seen come through in a long time. Um, I'll just rattle off some of the names that are currently under-19 or can play for under-19s. So you've got... Um, Joel Hato, you've got yeah. Jason Van Duyden, the, the PSV striker. You've got Julian Reikoff, the Borussia Dortmund striker. You've got the Lambo, the Feyenoord midfielder. You've got Missa Hoy, the Ajax one. You've got Jaden Sori, the Feyenoord winger, who's been unlucky not to make his debut so far, I think. Jaden Adai, who I spoke about earlier on. Savannah Voss, Tiger Land. Kaloka Dienhausen, who's just made his Juventus debut. Uh, Thomas Bloxdale, who got such rave reviews for Groningen last season, yeah. even though he got relegated. you got Babadi. He's making his breakthrough for final uh, for PSV, sorry, this season. Uh, Javairo Reed, who is a very young right back, who's already two years above um, where he's playing right now. You've got Mike Klein, who's been the talent for years. You've got goalkeepers like Rick Sturr. You've got Zekio, who's made two appearances for final this season so far. Now that's under 19s, and that's not even taken into account. You've got all the AZ talent, such as Keith Smith, uh, Max Meerdink. You've got 
shooting in midfield, you've got um, Joe Van den Ban up front is currently doing really well in the youth league again. Then you've got players playing abroad. You've got Shane Clivert coming through at Barcelona. You've got um, Yannick Eduardo, the young Dutch slash Portuguese striker who's playing for RB Leipzig. Um, I'll just name a couple of other strikers that are coming through. You've got Shaquille Van Persie, who's been on Oculo injury, so he's not played this season. You've got mm. Sky Vink, who's 17, but already made his debut for Ajax under-21s. Um, Sami Budahain, young PSV striker, who's currently the starter for under-17s. Thijs Kruijveld, who's made his unofficial debut for Feyenoord this season, but he's a 17-year-old midfielder. And I could go on. Uh, Kelvin you've had Hayes. people watching this right now, like on their football manager account, just like clattering their fingers away, typing their names in. Quick. <laughs> uh, Kelvin Nyan, who's the 15-year-old final midfielder, is already playing for under-18s. Um, yeah. Loads. There's loads of them through. But right now, if you want to watch one, during the next international break, if you want to watch one Netherlands squad that is above the rest, watch under-19s, because that's mm. where they all are. Um there's a couple of them, Isaac Babadi and Hato, they've made a jump to under-21s already, but yeah, the under-19 squad is is unreal. And that's not even taken into account half the squad players like Banzuzi and yeah, there's, there's too many to name in that squad that you know, are, are, I think, destined for, for bigger things coming forward. And whereas in the past, you've had under-19 sides that have had two or three good players, mm. this same one seems to be strong from the back to the front in every single position. So, yeah, wow. that's the one I'd be looking out for. Brilliant info. Thanks for telling us. And that's uh, a really positive way of ending this podcast. And then, Kyle, you want to bring up Mike? No, uh, well done to Xavier Simmons for getting named sixth in the Under-21 Ballon d'Or Awards. Um, but he's not Under-21. There was one by... Um, G. Bellingham. G. Bellingham, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he's doing really well. Um for RB Leipzig, especially sort out for the Netherlands next time round. Um, and yeah, I think that I'm looking forward to the Netherlands games next month. You know, it kind of feels good. I know we just mm-hmm. talked about Netherlands in the podcast about how they beat in Greece and it wasn't that great. <laughs> but now that it's over, it's kind of like you can look forward to the next two games knowing that there's not really much pressure on them and going, ah, mm-hmm. well, we're through, so we can just enjoy these two games. So I'm looking forward to them. And yeah, I think that as much as we say that there's a lack of quality in our division this season, I think we're shaping up for a very good title race, at least, yeah. between PSV and Feyenoord. And we're in for an intriguing few months with what's going to happen with Ajax. So I think Dutch football as a whole um, is intriguing at the moment because you've got the division, you've got so many talents coming through around Europe um, and so many good Dutch players making waves in every single league. Um, so, yeah, I think that we're doing well um, as Dutch football fans, so let's enjoy it while we while we can. And I love that it's almost confirmed that the Netherlands will at least be the sixth best league in Europe again after having that title last season. Again, this season they will. Unfortunately, it looks like they won't be able to catch up with France to make that top five crack, but I feel like it's a step too far. And I know that some top Dutch teams could beat top French teams, but... Not not this season. I don't think that they deserve that title yet. Maybe in a future season, but it feels like this was a chance this time round. And it, if the Netherlands had done it, um, the Netherlands would have had seven European spots and four Champions League tickets. Unreal. 
Oh, oh, no, it's do them all. We'd have all sorts of random teams qualifying. It's not over yet. You know, AZ could turn it around in their group. Um, it's not unlikely. I just but don't I... see it now. I saw it at the start of the season, but we're looking at having to have a big turnaround, aren't we, for Dutch clubs in Europe? Yeah, you need Feyenoord to get through in the Champions League and then to cause an upset in the last 16. You need PSV to go I'm far in Europe the League. League yeah. yeah, you need Ajax to sort themselves out and maybe Conference go to the Conference League final. Yeah. And as I need them to needs to finish second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how. I think that AZ is to Villa next time. Then I think that's them. Um, and I think they'll have to play against Legend in the last game and they'll only a win will see them through. And I think yeah. they won't win in Poland. Yeah. Tough place to go. Yeah. I think Ajax finished bottom of their group. I think PSV probably will finish third in their group. And if they do, they I don't know how far they'll go because they'll play anyone decent and their defence isn't good enough. And I think final to do really well, but at some point they're going to meet a Bayern Munich or Man City and that, that'll be it. <laughs> yeah. You need to look at PSV getting past January and then in January maybe bringing in a centre-back. But yeah. Well, we ended. We had lots of positivity then from you, Mike, and I thought I've just kind of pooped on all that. But <laughs> it is still a really good time to watch Dutch football. The Eredivisie, there's there's so many reasons why you absolutely should get into that league. Um, just to finally say then, thank you very much for listening and watching and for liking our podcast. I don't know where you were listening to us. We were all over the place in different platforms. But if you are watching on youtube just leave a comment down below what you think of the podcast anything you want to comment on chat to us about we'd always get back to you in the comments um anything honestly dutch football related just go for it um share our podcast is there anyone out there wants to get into dutch football then do it share it with them um if you enjoy our podcast like i said give us a like subscribe to us whatever platform it is and just support us we really do appreciate it help us grow help us reach new audiences um thanks everyone for for listening for like a good hour and uh, we'll be more from us at football Danny very soon there's more european games coming up we've got the netherlands games in november uh, more to come so yeah thanks for watching and we'll speak to you soon